You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, there's a question percolating throughout Broncos country. And that is, is it Aaron Rodgers or bust for the Denver Broncos? That is a great question. And the question that you ask really stems from two things. Uh, One, it stems from the fact that the search for a quarterback has been an ongoing issue ever since the retirement of Peyton Manning. I mean, it is something that has been a, a part of the, dis- the discourse in Broncos country for six years. And, and beyond that, I think even before Peyton Manning retired, there were questions about what will the Broncos do once Peyton Manning retires. The thought was Brock Osweiler. That didn't pan out. We know the history. We got to hear about all of the fun quarterbacks uh, before and, and whatnot. And I'm not going to get into any of that. But now we sit here and we're a year removed, essentially, or almost a year removed, from all of the Aaron Rodgers rumors that took place during the 2021 NFL draft. I remember sitting at a baseball game, watching my son play baseball as news reports were coming in and rumors. And we were, we were messaging back and forth and we had people who I would consider somewhat insiders telling us that this was going to happen and that was going to happen. And we were getting excited and it was all over the fact that we believed that the Broncos were going to trade for Aaron Rodgers for last season. That didn't happen. So, The end of the season comes, Rodgers isn't able to finish the job, and of course, the Broncos fired Vic Fangio because it was time. There was clearly, uh, that head coach had run his course, and the new GM, George Payton, came in, and what did he do? He went out and he hired a guy that continues to sort of create that atmosphere of, is this all about Rodgers? And that's really what the question is. Nathaniel Hackett and the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett while he's probably good at his job, and I, I love some of the things that we've seen from him in regards to uh, his love of hip-hop, for example, and, and, and those kinds of things. That's, that's stuff that speaks to me because we're probably from the same generation, I guess you could say. And so we have some, some similar things that we enjoy. But also, he was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator. So the question you ask, is it Aaron Rodgers or bust? Yeah. I think the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett indicates that George Payton recognizes the need for a true elite quarterback under center in Denver. And if you get that, and if it's Aaron Rodgers that you get, the Denver Broncos become immediate playoff contenders, contenders for the AFC West, and Super Bowl contenders. And we've said this for over a year now. Well, maybe not over a year, but we've said it for a while and and I there's there's no way George Payton doesn't know this. If I know it and you know it, then he knows it. So is is Hackett a pathway to Aaron Rodgers? Of course he is. That doesn't mean that that Hackett isn't a viable candidate for a head coaching position. I, I don't think that that means the oh you only hire him because of Aaron Rodgers. Mm, I think the nice thing about this hire is that it maybe gets you one step closer to Aaron Rodgers, but it also could mean that you miss out on Aaron Rodgers and maybe you end up with a guy who can work with whatever quarterback you bring in. And I don't want to say who that might be because then then it's just going to make people sad. 
And it's not just Nathaniel Hackett who has linkage to Aaron Rodgers. There are now multiple coaches on Nathaniel Hackett's staff who have connections to the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. One of them is new offensive coordinator for the Broncos, Justin Outen, who worked with Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. And then on Tuesday, we got word that the Broncos are going to name Ben Steele as a member of their offensive staff. And there was a tweet from a Packers podcast that said, Rogers mentioned Steele last year on the Pat McAfee show and called him a buddy. So it's not just Nathaniel Hackett. It's now Outen and Steele. And I'm in the group where it's Aaron Rodgers or bust because I, for all the great things that Nathaniel Hackett can bring and can be as a head coach, which I love the way that he thinks. And I think I, the thing that I love about it from a family of teachers and you're a teacher from a family of teachers is Hackett looks at it as a way to teach, not just to coach. He wants to help his players and his coaches learn. So from that sense, I like it. But if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, what was the point? Yeah. That's like that's like going to Shanahan's and getting tacos. Are the tacos not good at Shanahan's? I don't know. I've never been. I I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying you, you go to a steakhouse to get steak. You don't go what to Shanahan's steak ta- what steak to get tacos. tacos. Steak tacos? You don't know. I mean, steak or tacos you go to Los Payos, the Mexican restaurant where George Payton took Nathaniel Hackett, and you get a cheeseburger. That would be see now that would be disappointing unless maybe it was a Mexican cheeseburger. I don't know how that works, uh, but I feel like I could I could probably whip up a, a taco cheeseburger that would be delicious. A little little salsa on that, some cheese. I could a little a little Oaxaca cheese, right? Come on, we could you know, a little Mexican seasoning in there, a little cumin and some lime. Oh, see now to me, I feel like I could make that work. But how about a queso burger? See now to me, a queso burger is almost a little too American because queso has become like. Most people, when they get queso, they buy like the big Tostitos like jar of yellow goo with just that just has like a little bit of salsa in it, and they're like, "Look, I got queso." Nah, that's not queso. I'm not saying it doesn't taste good because I'll eat it with the best of you, but that's not real queso. So as long as it's real queso, queso burger, I'm fine with. But if it's Tostitos jarred, I put it in the microwave and then dumped it over my burger queso. That's I'm not probably not gonna say that that's okay. And that has nothing to do with Nathaniel Hackett or this hire. But I don't I don't disagree with you to sort of put us back on the train rails here a little bit. It is it is an Aaron Rodgers or bust type of hire. And it again, it just keeps going back to the idea here that the Denver Broncos have one thing that they have to do that that they have to get right. And it's quarterback. That doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers is the only option, but he's the best option. He's the one that makes the most sense. And you hire this guy because it helps your cause. It's the whole, oh, you know Aaron Rodgers? You're hired kind of thing. Remember with Sean McVay when when everybody was hiring Sean McVay's uh, assistant coaches? That's how Matt LaFleur got his job. Oh, you know Sean McVay? You're our new head coach. For the Broncos right now, it's, oh, you know Aaron Rodgers? You're our new quality control guy. Like, (laughs) 
whatever it is, doesn't matter. As long as you have a connection to Aaron Rodgers, we'll find a place for you in the building. I think I saw, who was it that they just hired that his, that Aaron Rodgers first touchdown pass ever for green Bay. He threw it to this tight end and I can't remember the guy's name. And now I feel bad because I'm not going to go look it up. And it was in the only tight ends I can think of. It was in preseason are named Mark Chamora. Like that's the only green Bay Packers tight Mm. end that I, I mean, that goes back to the, to the nineties with Brett Favre. Also, if you know anything about Mark Chamura, that's probably not the guy you should remember. Uh, he had some legal issues and whatnot. Mercedes Lewis, uh, you know, Robert Tunyon, who was a, a big fantasy football flop for me this year. There's a couple of, uh, green Bay Packer tight ends. If you, if you need a few, didn't Jimmy Graham play for the, the Packers for like a minute or two. So there's, I think it's easier to list the teams. Jimmy Graham hasn't played for Denver Broncos. Well, that, yeah, so there you the, go. There you go. See, I did it. I listed the teams. <laughs> I think there's probably one more in there. I don't know what it is, but no, I, I, I agree with you. All signs point to one direction here. And yeah, I mean, and the thing that where there's smoke, there's fire. And even Andrew Brandt, who's, he was on Lindsay Rhodes podcast He's written for SI about this where he said, and he, he told Lindsey Rhodes a couple of weeks ago before the Nathaniel Hackett hire where he said, if they go Hackett, that's very telling. Well, they went Hackett. Andrew Brandt has said that it, it's likely two things, that he retires or he's traded and he'll be traded to the Broncos. That's what Andrew Brandt has predicted. And for those who don't know who listen to the show, he is a longtime Packers executive. He was the one who drafted Aaron Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers. He now does sports law stuff. He's well known on social media for the the catchphrase "There will be lawyers." That's right. There will be lawyers. <laughs> great, what a or, great catchphrase. I need a good catchphrase. Or or, or the branch translation like he'll take things that teams say and he'll translate it to what it really means. Like it's a very cliched blah, 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 blah. And he'll say translation, we're pissed. (laughs) So, I mean, he's a, if you're on Twitter and you don't follow him, look up Andrew Brandt. He's awesome. But he, he keeps, he is now linking the Broncos and Aaron Rodgers. So I, until there isn't any smoke, this is going to be the case. And I think I mentioned this on last week's podcast where the Broncos had the eighth best Super Bowl odds. And that was because of this. You're not going to have the Broncos with the eighth best Super Bowl odds with no quarterback. So this this is to prepare for the inevitable shift of if Aaron Rodgers is traded, they're not having to scramble to make up for the liability that they're going to have had they kept them where they would be, which is around plus 6,000 without Aaron Rodgers. So... Until there isn't smoke, this is going to be the case. And I think we'll know in the next couple of weeks. And it's not just Aaron Rodgers at this point. There's also linkage to Devontae Adams. And if you're able to get one of the best receivers in football, you obviously do it. There isn't, I don't think there's anyone on this roster who isn't tradable. Yeah. Maybe Pat Sertan. eh, Maybe. Maybe. But if you get Aaron Rodgers and Pat Sertan or Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I don't, there's no one on this roster who isn't tradable. Yeah. I send them Jerry Judy, send them. Yeah. I mean, there's, I agree with you on that. And, and the, the big thing here for 
us and and for Broncos country in general is we are stuck in that I think we talked about it last year as being the the waiting you know we're we're sort of circling Aaron Rodgers airport again and here we are back in the airplane hoping to land at Aaron Rodgers airport once again uh, last time we got turned away and we had to go land somewhere else and ended up being Teddy Bridgewater so uh, that is that is what we are doing. Now, the, the question then becomes, though, because you do have to ask this question, if it falls through again, because that's kind of what it feels like, is that there was something that was there last year prior to the 2021 season that seemed to either fall through or somebody backed out or maybe the information wasn't quite right, whatever it may be. What is the contingency plan? And there was an interesting conversation that was had on – uh, in, on Twitter and throughout the NFL recently about Russell Wilson and where he ranks, not necessarily on whether the Broncos are going to trade for him, but where he ranks on the uh, echelon scale of NFL quarterbacks. Is he an upper echelon quarterback? Ryan Clark said he wasn't an all-time great quarterback. I'm not sure we need to get into that conversation. Uh, you and I yeah, both. Especially since he's still playing. Dude's still I, I, playing. I yeah. The like, only, I mean, there are quarterbacks where – when they're playing, you can have that discussion, like Tom Brady, like Tom Brady and yeah. Manning. Yeah. Or, and we, or when and John we, Elway was playing, you could talk about John Elway as being the greatest quarterback of all time because he was, he was, he just obviously was. And when we mentioned uh, Patrick Mahomes, like with the reverse psychology, nailed it. Nailed that. You're welcome, Broncos country. Nobody is thanking us for that, by the way. But with, I mean, I don't, we're not going to get into the, all-time debate it's right now debate and however people feel about Aaron Rodgers and you can get into any website that has comments and look at them and more often than not it seems like the people commenting are anti Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos which is fascinating I tend to stay out of the comment section but that's neither here nor there I see what you did there I do too but the other one is going to be Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson is younger than Aaron Rodgers. Same number he's one of the few. Same number of Super Bowl wins. One. He's been to. I'm pretty sure that he's been to more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. Is back that to, right? Or back to back Super Bowls? He's one of the few quarterbacks in history that have been to back to back Super Bowls. And John Elway did it twice. John Elway did it twice. Tom Brady did it twice. I think twice. And Terry Bradshaw did it twice. Joe Theismann did it, which is talk about the name that doesn't belong on that list. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> let's let's put, let's throw the guy who changed his last name to rhyme with Heisman, Listen, and it did not win the Heisman. It didn't work, but he still got that great uh, play that he made with Lawrence Taylor. Well, it wasn't great for him, but it's still <laughs> one of an it's an iconic play it's an in iconic NFL play. history. I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. You know how I am about those things. I could watch them over and over. I think Monday Night Football just re-aired that play again. They show it all the time. (laughs) They wish they had better microphones back then because I'll bet the sound was incredible. Oh, no. No, no, no. (laughs) But the other quarterback is going to be Russell Wilson. And it gets into, is Russell Wilson, based on what Ryan Clark said on Get Up, is he a quarterback if you get him on the Denver Broncos, does he make them a Super Bowl contender? Does he make them a contender? Does he make them a team that can compete with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers? 
Yes. And here's, here's what I'll, I, the yes is such an easy answer there. Uh, but I, here's what I will do as I will expand on that. Yes. The, the desert of NFL quarterback play that has been Broncos country since the departure of Peyton Manning. And re- quite frankly, really since uh, what week nine of 2014 uh, for the Denver Broncos has really driven us to the point where we we can get excited about just about anything. I mean, look at the excitement around a guy like Drew Locke, who has proven time and time again that he's really not starter caliber uh, as far as quarterback goes in the NFL, but people will still fall all over themselves to defend him because they just want something to hold on to. And that is where we are in Broncos country, which means if you were to say to pretty much anybody, would you be – upset about having Russell Wilson as your quarterback? I wouldn't be. If you told me right now that you could put Russell Wilson on the Denver Broncos, I would take him in a heartbeat because I know for a fact that he would be far and away the best quarterback the Broncos have had on the roster since the retirement of Peyton Manning. There's no question about that. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, if you will. Does it mean he is an upper echelon quarterback in the NFL today? We actually, in my opinion, are playing in a, are watching an era where guys we're not playing. I'm just sitting over here watching, but we're witnessing an era where there is legitimately some very good quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, uh, we jinxed Patrick Mahomes, but I think he'll be fine. You also have Aaron Rodgers still in the league, who is considered to be one of the greatest of all time. You can throw him into that greatest of all time conversations. A lot of people will. You have Joe Burrow and. Uh, and, and and you're looking at Joe Burrow going, is this guy really what we thought he was going to be? You've got Josh Allen who looks like he and uh, Patrick Mahomes were going to run the AFC until Joe Burrow showed up and said, I don't think so. Justin Herbert looks like a guy who's going to be a stud in his career. You can list a pretty big number of players that get you excited. Your Kyler Murray's and your Lamar Jackson's. and your, there is a, There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are legitimately good quarterbacks in the NFL, which tells you that we are witnessing an era of quarterback play that is pretty high up there as far as talent and production goes. Where does Russell Wilson fit into that? I think there isn't a team in the NFL that is that is looking for a quarterback that would say, yeah, I don't want Russell Wilson. If you ask the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, hey, who would would, would you take Russell Wilson? They'd take him in a heartbeat. Without question, there would be zero hesitation on the part of Mike Tomlin to say, yes, we'll take him and turn him into the Steelers' next great quarterback. Whatever, right? That's what they would do. That's what the Denver Broncos would do. That's what I think the Cleveland Browns would do, even though they've got Baker Mayfield. He's he's proven to not be all that great. I think there is only a small group of teams in the NFL that wouldn't take Russell Wilson. But those are teams that we have we just talked about that I just mentioned. Arizona is not going to take Russell Wilson over Kyler Murray. It's an age issue. In my opinion, the the 49ers would jump at the chance to get Russell Wilson. I think even well, they have Trey Lance though. So I I they, still they, think it would be They just they just draft they they just traded I know. I know. And, and, but, a huge you, amount. You to know get what Trey I Lance. mean. Sure. They, they, but I still think they would, it would be a consideration. Maybe that's what I should say. It would be a consideration. The Rams who are in the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford would, 
would have to take a look at that, in my opinion, and go, hmm, Russell Wilson, maybe. So is he upper, upper echelon? Is he top three or four in the NFL? I don't think so. I think there's a few guys that you know are far and away, top three or four, you're done. But I think Russell Wilson falls into that 5 to 10 or 12 category, probably upper half of that, that a lot of teams would go, yeah, I want that guy on my team as my quarterback. No question. So, yeah, send me Russell Wilson. Send me all of the quarterbacks. The thing that I will say about Russell Wilson is he's been there. Mm -hmm. I would take Russell Wilson over Dak Prescott. Yep, I would too. I need. How did I not mention Dak? Because he plays for Dallas. <laughs> well, well, because he did. He did in less. He he did in more time what Patrick Mahomes did in thirteen seconds. There's that funny meme of where well, Patrick right. Mahomes took thirteen seconds, and that was the amount of time that it took Dak <laughs> Prescott to run fourteen yards. Well, I mean, and and then also set the ball. There was there are other things there. Poor Dak. Quite frankly, I'd take Dak. Away from Mike McCarthy? Yeah, I would, I would but I'd still take Russell Wilson over Dak. I Prescott. would take Russell Wilson over Dak, but I would take Dak if he would, if he became available. And I, I love the, the the joke that Mike McCarthy is still surprised he didn't get fired because he should have been. Uh, and I, there are plenty of questions around how he's still the head coach of the Cowboys, and I think it's because Jerry Jones forgot to fire him. I honestly think that's what happened. Jerry's getting old. Little Jarrah. Jarrah's getting old. And I think he maybe just forgot to fire him. And so that's what they're going to do. One more year. We'll just throw it down the tubes. So, I, yeah, give me Russell Wilson. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Give me Dak Prescott. Give me, I don't know, who else is available? Is there a way to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, and uh, I, I made this joke on a previous podcast. Barry Moore said on Saturday Night Live, the very sexy garbage. You know, I, I think that he, even even Jimmy Garoppolo, would be an upgrade over what the Broncos have had recently. Uh, and not just in terms of looks, right? It's not just about how he looks. Although we talked before the show, I'm bringing it up. Can I bring up, can I bring up the sexy quarterback club? Do it. I think, here's my thought. I think that the, the sexy quarterbacks of the NFL, this is getting into the sexiest Bronco categories here, which was, is a hilarious and stupid thing to talk about. But I think it would be in their best interest, these quarterbacks who are considered to be attractive. Your Jimmy G's of the world. They should get together and create the sexy QB club. And it should be like a, a lifestyle brand. They could cater to uh, men who want to have, like, they want to smell like a great quarterback and have the stubble like Jimmy G has, because he's got great stubble. Let's listen, as somebody who doesn't have great stubble, like I have to let it go a little bit before it makes sense. He's got great stubble. Like that's, that is a really nice stubble that Jimmy G's got going on. So good for him. But you know, your Mark Sanchez is of the world and your Brady Quinn's with his guns out and you know, Tom Brady, uh, Joe Namath is the face of the sexy QB club. They send out fragrances and fashion advice. And, you know, I drink this bourbon because I am a sexy quarterback. You know, they could have billions of dollars. They could buy an NFL franchise if they did it right. I'm just saying there's an opportunity there. Trademark. I called, I called it. I'll contact somebody's agent. We'll make it happen. The only thing that has been running through my head since you mentioned the 
attractive quarterbacks club. I like that you couldn't go sexy QB club. I think that's it's that's okay. It's fine. All right. It's all good. Is the billionaire boys club. Yes, I don't that's know what if it anyone is. Knows anything about that. But my wife and I just listened to a podcast on them. Oh my God. But that's what like, it is. Is that, is that is that where you're basing? I mean, I, I think, knew that's yeah, I, that's kind okay. of what it is. It's the billionaire, but it's but they're former. But NFL they're not really billionaires. They think they're they billionaires, think they but it's just like these guys where they know they're good looking. Tell they can't me. play quarterback, <laughs> but they think they can. Tell me there isn't a group of men out there that wouldn't just like throw all their money at a, a group like that, a club like that, like. Listen, I know a guy, great guy. He is a huge believer in TB12, the TB12 system or whatever. Like he's vegan now and he does all the like Tom Brady stuff, you know. Does he wear Uggs? He does. <laughs> he does. Uh, yeah, he does. Actually, you know what he wears? He wears red. He, he wears American flag Crocs. Yikes. Yeah. Now. Again, I will say this. Great no guy. Judging. He's a wonderful human being. I think he's really awesome, but he he's all in on the TB12 thing. Tom Brady could could rope in some of these other quarterbacks and turn it into like a billionaire boys club. I I look, there's an opportunity there. I maybe I have to quit my job and really start to put this together, but I think I could I could make a lot. I wouldn't be on the cover of anything either. I don't worry about that. I would just make money behind the scenes. That's how I like it. It's like a poor man's NWO. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a that is a great reference as well. But is, would it be poor man's NWO? These guys, yeah, guys because they're not. They're they're. I mean, you got some of the greatest guys ever. I mean, for all for all the. I mean, now we're get now we're really getting into. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I feel like the most underrated Mike guy in the history of wrestling is Scott Hall. Like you, you have guys, you, you know about Hulk Hogan, you you know about John Cena, you know Stone Scott Cold, Hall, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, sure, yeah, Dwayne Scott Hall, aka Razor Ramon. Like, I mean, come on, that guy's mic skills were off the freaking charts. Here's- I'm gonna tell Sean Michaels. Maybe here, I mean I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna, and it's probably Triple just, H as D. I mean DX. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's the better comparison here for the for the sexy quarterbacks club. It might be. is DX. Here's here's what I'll tell you. Ready? I'm gonna tell you something, and you may be disappointed in me. Maybe you didn't know this about me, which would be a bit of a surprise. I never watched wrestling. Never. See, I I did. So I I make up for you not watching it. Yeah, I did. I, I so. mean, like I know because of pop culture. Like I know who Goldberg is. And, and oh, whatnot like i'm horrible i like know the those fact guys that wwe is still going to him it's just like i are they i don't know that's a yes, good question they are i, I assumed he was He's like, like 60 years old yeah well aren't they all i mean yeah, <laughs> at a certain point they're all old john cena's moved on you know Dwayne has moved on he's now Dwayne johnson he's not even Dwayne the rock johnson he's just Dwayne johnson and it does apparently matter what your name is, even though he used to say it doesn't. I know all the references. I just never watched. I never was never into it. The theater, you know, I'll, the I'll majesty, another, didn't care. I'll throw out another one that had great mics. Obviously, Ric Flair. Sure, yeah. Woo. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, the old school guys, for sure. So, anyway, 
Got that nostalgic <laughs> did, feeling out of the way. Wow, how did we get there? I, I right. think I think the sexy quarterbacks club would probably be better referenced to DX than the NWO. Okay, well I'll, I'll I'll take your word for it. How about that? We'll do it. We'll do it that way. Um, is there football coming up that we need to talk about? Yes, because the Chiefs aren't playing. Yay! Look at what we did, everybody. Again, just to remind everyone, Ian and I called Patrick Mahomes the greatest quarterback of all time, and then he went out and looked like garbage for one half of football and lost the one of the most important games of his career, and you're welcome. We did that. Us. And here's the question. I think I asked this to you last week. If not, I'm going to ask it again. Is it possible that he turns into Cam Newton, where he is just now – He's broken. You know, here's here's my feeling on that. I, I don't get it. There is a vibe from Cam Newton that his interest in the game was always in his greatness in the game in a way that once he was proven to not be great, once, once Von Miller and the Denver Broncos and Super Bowl 50 essentially showed that he wasn't like he wasn't Superman, right? The whole open up your your shirt thing and that celebration was was bravado and it was fake and it wasn't real. Once he was once he was beaten down, I feel like he wasn't ever going to recover and that that seemed obvious to me. Like I was I am not surprised by that. I would be surprised if Patrick Mahomes doesn't recover from this and that doesn't make me happy to say and perhaps I'm throwing the jinx on him again which is partly why I'm saying it I guess but quite frankly what we have seen him do over the course of his career doesn't tell me he's going to get worse and it doesn't necessarily tell me he's going to get better but his style of play is different from what Cam Newton's style of play was Cam Newton was a runner just as much as he was a passer and he wasn't super accurate there was there were always issues with accuracy. In fact, if you go back and watch Super Bowl 50, how many times did he have guys wide open that he overthrew in the Super Bowl? That Super Bowl is a lot different. If he hits, uh, there's like three plays I can think of where he's overthrown guys over the middle that or 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 deep that would have changed field position, would have changed the 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 tenor of the game. So I don't think you're going to get that from Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to recover and and continue to be a problem for the AFC West and the rest of the AFC and the rest of the NFL for years to come. And and that's, it's just different than what you would get from, from Cam Newton. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. That being said, we are talking about football here and there is a pretty big game coming up that uh, most of Broncos country does have some serious interest in. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, aside from those betters who maybe have, have thrown some money down on the Bengals, I would argue that most people in Broncos country are rooting for Von Miller and the Los Angeles Rams to get a win here so that Von Miller can get another Super Bowl win. And you mentioned the betters. It's not surprising because people are going to go to the dog for a Super Bowl, especially when it comes to the money line. In terms of the spread, it's an interesting that, that that's an interesting one. I I wouldn't be betting it. I won't be betting it in terms of the spread just because I think both of these teams, you have no idea what you're going to get. But I think you're right about the rooting for Von Miller because of obviously what he did in Super Bowl 50 and that playoff run leading up to Super Bowl 50. 
but also because he's one of the greatest Broncos ever. He's on the list. Absolutely. When we talk about greatest Broncos and there, there are some great Broncos out there. The list starts with John Elway. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And then you've got to start sorting other guys out. You've got Terrell Davis. You got, well, I will say Sharp. it's John Elway and Floyd little, right? Both and, of them are right. One of them is not above the other because without Floyd little, there is no John Elway. Sure. I, I, I think so. Here's what, here's what else. Not, not necessarily rebuttal. I think John Elway is, as far as when you look at impact on the league overall, he probably gets a little bit more um, for from a league standpoint. But you're absolutely right about what Floyd Little means and meant to the Denver Broncos organization, and he deserves to be uh, spoken about in that conversation. I think defensively, when you talk about greatest defensive players in Broncos history, uh, obviously Steve Atwater is – uh, a defensive player that is in the Hall of Fame. Champ Bailey is in the Hall of Fame. Randy Gratishar is, uh, should be Still in the not. Hall of Fame and, and probably is the greatest defensive player in Broncos history, if we're being honest, uh, aside from Von Miller. I, I think when it's all said and done, when we have the conversation 10 years from now, because you know we will, because that's, just, we're, that's the trajectory of this thing, we're going to be talking about Von Miller as the greatest defensive player in Broncos history. That's that's kind of where I see it. Does that you know? Does that mean that we should be rooting for the Rams? Not necessarily, but it's why I'm rooting for the Rams because I want to see Von Miller succeed. Because much like Lions fans and Matthew Stafford and their their you know their syndrome is worse than ours, I think because they've never seen a Super oh, Bowl before. Uh, they're rooting for Stafford because they are going to claim the Super Bowl for themselves with that. Same, same here. It's been a rough six years. And in terms of the actual game, there's one thing that I keep going back to. I don't want to say the Cincinnati Bengals are lucky, but, but yeah, no, no, no. In their playoff game against the Tennessee Titans, that offensive line gave up nine sacks to the Titans. They're now going against a defensive front that has Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd. The Tennessee Titans front is really good. Isaiah Simmons is a very good defensive tackle. He's not Aaron Donald. Bob Dupree is not Von Miller or Leonard Floyd. Very good edge. He's not Leonard Floyd or Von Miller. So for all the talk about this game, it's going to be very hard for Joe Burrow to do anything if he can't do anything. And he's going to have Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd all over him. Yeah, I, I, I think that one of the things that would not be surprising in this Super Bowl, and, and I don't know uh, that I'm, I'm – I'm not as – I wouldn't be as surprised to see the Bengals get a win, actually, because I am sort of on the Joe Burrow train. I mean, Joe Burr, you know? I mean, the guy's got ice in his veins. At the same time, this is a Super Bowl where you are, in my opinion, probably going to see a defensive MVP. I think the MVP of the Super Bowl is going to be someone who impacts the game on the defensive side, much like Von Miller did in 2015. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's a guy like Aaron Donald because – he's a game wrecker for sure. It just, it's sort of shaping up to be that type of Super Bowl 
where there's some offensive weapons that everybody's excited about. You've got uh, the you know Cooper Cups of the world. You've got Jamar Chase, and you've got what Joe Burrow's been doing. You know there's offensive weapons that can make an impact on this game. But to me, as you just said, the deficiency of the offensive line for the Bengals makes this game look like one where a defensive lineman, a guy up front for the Rams, which is why I point to Aaron Donald here, isn't a bad bet to win the MVP and is is a pretty good prediction when it comes to who's having the most impact on the game, who's going to win that MVP. I, I think the Rams, probably if they win it, he's the guy who wins the MVP if you do it based solely on performance on the field. But there's another aspect to all of that. Now I'm jumping into predictions here. If the Rams win, is it possible that Matthew Stafford gets the sentimental vote and ends up being the MVP of the game just because he he finally got there and finally did what people thought he might be able to do for Detroit, except for they forgot it was Detroit and no one can do that for Detroit. Megatron himself couldn't drag that team to the Super Bowl. Just saying. So Barry Sanders couldn't. I mean, the, the I think we said it in the last podcast. Imagine the the Detroit Lions had Barry Sanders, they had Calvin Johnson. They had Matthew Stafford, who's now in the Super Bowl, and they I don't even think they won any playoff games. I feel so bad for them. You mentioned the sentimental vote. I think my pick, because at most sports books, he's at plus 600 to win the MVP. And if you look at the impact that he's had on the playoff games, and it's a guy who has been mentioned as why is he not talked about for NFL MVP is Cooper Cup. If Cooper Cup has the kind of impact that he has had on the Rams the whole season, he'll be the MVP. If he if he finishes with more than one touchdown, he'll be the MVP. That yeah, that, that is my Stafford's got to throw him he, the football. If he finishes with 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 two or more touchdowns, Cooper Cup will be the Super Bowl MVP. And as I said, he's plus 600 at most of the books. Aaron Donald is plus 1,400, I think. So that that's really good value. If you want to do what some did in Super Bowl 50, and that's go completely further down the list, you could go with Von Miller, who is around plus 4,500. So even a $5, a $5 bet. <laughs> Or would a, get you over two hundred bucks, or a at fifty least. cent bet, as my brother would do. Right, fifty cents would be really rich for his blood. That would be a that would win him what two dollars? No, twenty dollars. Wouldn't a, a fifty cent bet would win him twenty dollars? Right? It'd be somewhere around there. Oh, he but, needs, uh, I'll contact him. I'll let him. But know. but my prediction is Cooper Cup, just because I think in terms of sentiment, there's also recency bias at play here, and. There's been talk of why isn't Cooper Cup mentioned in the NFL MVP. So if he has a game where he has like seven to eight catches for over 100 yards and more than two touchdowns, two touchdowns or more, I think he'll be the Super Bowl MVP. I can see that. All right, so let's do this. I'm almost hesitant to do an actual prediction for the game because I feel like we have been – such a jinx to some of these players. Patrick Mahomes in particular comes to mind. Like, are, should we should we take that responsibility on ourselves and actually make a prediction about what we think is going to happen in the Super Bowl? I think we should. I'll go. I yeah. Why not? And I think the Rams are going to win. 
Yeah, I, I, I think their offense is just too stacked. If they're able to get the ground game going with Cam Akers, that's going to open up the offense for Matt Stafford to either hit Cooper Cup deep or OBJ. Tyler Higby should be good to go. I mean, they they just have so many weapons, and I think that offensive line is more suitable for the moment than the Bengals. I just don't think the Bengals' defense is that great. And they're not playing Ryan Tannehill. I mean, there's no doubt Matt Stafford can have his Ryan Tannehill moments, but Matt Stafford has waited his whole life for this moment to be in a Super Bowl, to show outside of Detroit what he can do. I think he's going to step up to the challenge. I think having been in this position with Sean McVay before, the Rams know what's at stake. And you can't take... It may not be a big deal anymore, but they're sleeping in their own beds. That's a fair take, and I actually really like the idea that, or the the understanding that they there is a home field advantage here, in that they are at home. They they don't have to travel. They're they're essentially going to be able to do what they would normally do, which does give them an advantage. I think it helped Tampa Bay when they played in the Super Bowl last year, and it allowed for the the Buccaneers to be comfortable enough to take on what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were in 2021 or in 2020, I should say, but it was 2021 Super Bowl. It's very confusing. But I will say I think this is going to be a closer game than uh, than a lot of people would think, and it's going to be a very defensive game. I, I think you're, you're spot on in your assessment of what's going on with the the Rams defense and how they are going to be able to take advantage of that Bengals offensive line. But I also think, and you brought this up, Matthew Stafford is going to be playing in the biggest game of his entire life that he has been waiting for for a very long time. And he has made some of the biggest mistakes that I have seen a quarterback make over the course of the last several weeks. Mistakes that could have ended up hurting his team to the point where they could have lost. They almost lost to the 49ers. They they are a team that is always a play away to me. I mean, they they were out to a big lead and then couldn't hold it. So there are to me and all they're they're always on the cusp of either winning or losing. And it will be the defense that carries the Rams to the victory. That's what I think ends up happening here. It ends up being a very close game. I don't think you're going to see overtime. I'm sort of done with overtime. I don't want to argue about the rules. It's it's sort of uh, it's a moot point at this point. And or a moo point. Or a moo point. Your choice. I don't care. And it, it, to me, shapes up as a defensive game where you'll have some some big plays. I think even the Bengals will, will have some big plays. It'll be exciting at times, but it's going to be a lower-scoring affair. Aaron Donald is going to walk away with the MVP. The Rams are going to be the Super Bowl champions, but it will not be this big-time score with a lot of offensive power uh, being on display because – I just think Matt Stafford's going to be a little bit too nervous, and I think the Rams' defense is going to be a little too tough for the Bengals' offense. And then I think in terms of Sunday, the best performance might be at halftime because of this Super Bowl halftime show that we're going to get. And I have been amped up for this since it was announced. Since day one. and Been been down with with the West Coast since the 90s. I'm just going to say it. This yeah, is our wheelhouse. 
This is our wheelhouse, Ian. And I mean, I, I just think it's this has the potential to be the best Super Bowl halftime show ever. And the people that are the, the performers that they have, and for those who don't know, you have Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. And there will no doubt be guest appearances. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's rest do assured, this. we're going to see Tupac. I agree. Let's let, <laughs> let's let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's gather ourselves. Let's take a break. We'll come back. When we come back, let's talk about that halftime show that I think we're both very excited about. And we also have some breaking news uh, regarding the Denver Broncos ownership situation. Breaking news is I'm going to put that in quotes because it doesn't really mean all that much at this point, but it is worth noting that things are starting to happen. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, halftime show discussion, which is I'm so fired up for, and then also a little bit of ownership information, and then we will uh, we'll say go Rams. I don't know. When we come back, we'll figure it out. All right, Adam. Back in December, we mentioned how much I was looking forward to the Super Bowl halftime show. And one of the things that I wanted to do at PlayColorado.com is write about the halftime show and do it in a way that was fun. And I thought I did that with Kim Pomponio, who is the new managing editor. We did a halftime show song prediction list where we predicted the song order for the five artists. And before the break, I mentioned it. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. And there will be guest appearances. As I mentioned, we will see Tupac. You keep you keep joking about the hologram Tupac. I think we're going to see the real one because he's going to show up from wherever it is he's hanging out in like Cuba or whatever. With John F. Kennedy Jr.? Yeah, and Elvis. <laughs> Can you imagine Tupac and Elvis showing up to SoFi Stadium? All right, I... now that we got the conspiracy <laughs> theories out of the way, here is my song order prediction list and we have both listened to at least dr dre and snoop dogg since the 80s i mean one of my first albums i bought was doggy style yeah like i I can't i can't even imagine what my mom thought when i started playing this when i'm in like eighth grade blasting doggy style but anyway I, I did a, a lot of stuff to my mom. That's a real but, interesting sentence, right? <laughs> yeah. Blast. Yeah. Right. Anyway, this is based off of five songs since they're all about three to five minutes long. And the halftime show typically lasts tw- 25 minutes. And this is the wrinkle where in the story, and you can read it at playcolorado.com. I'll tweet it out again at some point so that people can read it. We predicted five songs, and it's based on that they play full songs because you're going to take this in a different path yeah, where you I, think that they're going to do like 12 songs. I think they might. Yeah. They're going to, they might go like Tom Petty style. But here, so here's my prediction list, and I'll read Ken's after mine. For me, the number one song that they will open the show with, and I think we both agree on this, is the next episode. Yes. It is. The opening is iconic. You you know it. You as soon as you hear it, you know it and you know who it is. You know the song. Next is Humble by Kendrick Lamar. I think it's a smoothless transition from next episode to Kendrick Lamar. You go from the two old school guys 
to the new school guy in Kendrick Lamar. After Humble, you go to Family Affair. And I freaking love this song. I will play it when I'm writing about sports betting or editing or whatever I'm doing in my job. And I will just start dancing in my chair because I love this Mary J. Blige song. I, it's no doubt that they, she will play this song. Four, Lose Yourself. I mean, I've said this on multiple shows. I said it on my sports betting show that I, go, that I do with Nicole Russo, The Huddle. He won a he won a freaking he he won a freaking Academy Award for this song. Lose yourself. It's I mean of all the songs that Eminem is known for, this is one that he will play. And then the one that I think they will end the show with, where all of them can perform it at once. And this is where Tupac and JFK Jr. and Elvis will come out, maybe exhibit <laughs> California Love. I, I mean I, you're in L.A the birth of rap with easy e ice cube dr dre nwa came from compton i mean this is the song they will close the show out with and where we'll as i said get the guest appearances and i think if i was at the offshore books i will never promote offshore books obviously because i'm into legal sports betting if they were going to offer a market on guest appearances for the Super Bowl, I would consider Bruno Mars because he's typically the guest appearance the that he's shows the up guy. for every. I mean, look at Super Bowl 50. Coldplay was the, the Super Bowl 50 halftime performer, and then Beyonce shows up, and then who was with her? Bruno Mars. She's like brought him along. She's like, come on, Bruno, let's do it. That so that's my, my prediction. That was then, my Beyonce uh, uh, impression. What would you think? So – Ken went a different direction. He has California Love opening the show, and then he went old school. He went nothing but a G thing. And then he goes Family Affair, Humble, Lose Yourself. Yeah, which those are, I mean, that's a great list of five. I think we all know, quite frankly, that you're not going to get just five songs. We, we all know they're going to do uh, sort of the we're going to play here, play there, whatever. I'm not going to over predict here. I'm not going to go too crazy with this thing because I do think it gets a little difficult um, to, to get all 12 to 15 songs out there and really make it work. I, I think you're spot on on a couple of things though. Uh, I think they open up with next episode. I, I just, you, as you've said, that's an iconic song from uh, early two thousands. That that's from uh, uh, chronic 2001 that came out. Uh, while I was living in Switzerland at the time, I remember I bought that album while I was there. I listened to that CD, that's right, CDs, on my Discman Walkman until the Discman, that's right, until my Discman Walkman broke and I had to buy a new one. So that is, to me, that's that's a great way to start the show. But then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a, a wrinkle in here. I think the next guy that you get is Kendrick Lamar. I think Kendrick Lamar comes out after the start with next episode and you're going to get a little Kendrick Lamar humble slash DNA. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I think you're going to get humble first and a, a few bars from humble and then a few bars from DNA because DNA is, is a great song and it's one that, that, that just sort of, it, it comes straight from the, that LA, that ode to LA that is, uh, Kendrick Lamar and what he's doing along with humble, right? Those two songs are sort of the, 
the epitome of, uh, you know, that L.A. Um, ode to L.A. type of thing. So I think Kendrick Lamar comes out and you get that next. And then they're going to swing into uh, Mary J. Blige. And I like your family affair thing. But then here's where you get your surprise guest. And the surprise guest comes out and he is Method Man. And you get Method Man's song all I need that Mary J. Blige was featured on one of the greatest rap R and B uh, collaborations in the history of rap and R and B with Mary J. Blige, one of the greatest singers, and Method Man, one of the one of the best rappers in the world, representing the Wu Tang Clan. And I know that's East Coast, and this is uh, uh, you know showing love for California and Los Angeles in particular. But that's a great way to sort of bring in other people who might not necessarily be big fans of West Coast hip hop. And so you bring that in by bringing in Method Man and having that sort of side of it. And so you get Family Affair. Then I think you get Lose Yourself with Eminem. And Eminem kicks in on next episode as well. And you get some, you know, you're going to get some of those, like they're going to play with each other on that. And then I think it ends in a, in a very interesting way. I think it ends with G thing sliding into ain't nothing but a gangsta party, which again is a, is a Tupac song, but featured Snoop Dogg. And that would be an excellent way to sort of end the halftime show and then big fireworks and, and lots of fun and things like that. To me, that could be a really good set that would bring people in from other places. You only get the one guest. Maybe you get the hollow. That's where you get the hologram, you know, the hologram, uh, Tupac there where he just comes in and goes, ain't nothing but a gangster. I don't know if I can say any more than that because there's like, I don't want to have to pay for the song or whatever. Although if I sing it poorly, does it count? Like I can't sing happy birthday, right? Like what's the rule on that? But you know where I'm going with that. This is going to be so a no fun California show. love. I think I, you might get California love somewhere in there. Again, I, I think you're going to get two, you know, a few bars from each song. You're going to get, you know, a verse here, a verse there. That's the beauty of, of this style of music that you can sort of, swing in and out of different different songs and different you know different uh verses here and there and so yeah i think you could get california love the problem with a song like california love and a song like gangsta party is that the the feature guy on the on the song that isn't there is is a guy that just can't be there and tupac and i know it would be really fun to have him fly back from cuba which is what my daughter told me that uh, you know he's living in cuba with biggie and i was like no he's not but okay uh, they would have hated each other but <laughs> no i think they loved each other i think there was a there was uh th they made up and that's how they couldn't get out of it and so they they faked each other's deaths and moved to cuba that's that's go. that was the thing but i there's going to be some fun with this. And I love the idea of bringing Method Man in. Maybe, maybe on top of that, the other guest that you're going to get, and I didn't mention him, but it would definitely be a guy who who would roll in with, with Eminem for sure, and that's 50 Cent. And if I was betting, I'd put my money on 50 Cent being another one of the guests that shows up. So a lot of fun options there. I'm so pumped for this halftime show. I will throw out a, a huge curveball. To Ooh. who I think could be the guest appearance. And I think it, if you listen to Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, he's the reason they're even performing at the Super Bowl halftime show is Jay-Z. I think Jay-Z could be your guest appearance and he comes out for California love. And then maybe they do a Jay-Z song. <laughs> yeah. Jay-Z, Brooklyn, California love. Love it. 
That's a, that's my I, somebody's gonna kill me for my Jay Z impression. But uh, I had a student one year. Her name was Brooklyn, and every time I said her name, I go Brooklyn. Yeah, and that was how I would call on her to answer questions. She hated that, but she it was fun. It was a it was a good time. All right, now that leads into another Ooh, fun discussion. Okay, I'm here for it. Who should be the halftime performer that hasn't performed yet? Well, so the caveat there is it has to be somebody who hasn't performed yet. And I'm trying to think of, of past halftime shows, and I'm trying to think of who would be a good performer at the halftime shows. And it, it's a really, that's a really tricky conversation. Um, I think a fun one, and now a fun one here, we can do a fun one here, would be some way to get like, uh, has, has Metallica performed at the halftime show? No. Then bring on Metallica. Let, let's let's do if we're going old school 90s hip hop, which is great. Let's go old school 80s 90s metal and bring Metallica on stage and let's have some fun with that. We went you and stole, saw Metallica. Did I? Oh shoot, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. If we want to back up, we can do it again. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I <laughs> I to me that's the no-brainer. I mean, how do you not have Metallica do the Super Bowl show? It's, I mean, when I mean, you talk about a fun show, they're one of the best live bands ever. And if you didn't want to go too heavy, do what they did with S and M and have a freaking symphony with them. Yeah, that was that would be great. You know, I, I, you and I went and saw a concert once together with uh, you know some other people. We actually were we were at what was the Pepsi Center and it's what is it now Ball Arena or whatever, and we had. We had box seats, which I, as I recall, and we went and saw Metallica and Godsmack. Godsmack was incredible live. That would be a really fun concert as well. Godsmack would be incredible live and a, and a, and a hell of a Super Bowl performer. It Absolutely. won't happen no. because they haven't had Metallica yet. <laughs> you know who would be fun? Go for it. And maybe if there's a way that we could morph back into the 80s, and I can't believe I'm going to say this because I'm a Metallica fan and Metallica fans hate this man. Motley Crue would be Ooh, a hell of a Super Bowl yeah. show. But so, the problem is Vince Neil can't sing anymore. I was just going to say, I saw, I saw Motley Crue perform. I got a little, little Motley Crue story for you. I used to sell T-shirts at a, a concert venue around the uh, Chicagoland area. And uh, I worked for a guy who, um, you know, we would do T-shirt sales and I would stand in a stand. Right. And the Motley Crue concert was really interesting because, yes, you had the, the young kids that were there. But what you mostly had were middle aged <laughs> suburban yep. women and they would come up to me. And one of the things that they sold at these concerts was Motley Crue thongs. I cannot tell you how many women came up to me and asked to see a thong in a size that was not correct. Let me just tell like you. A slingshot. It was just so so I, I aside from Motley Crue just not being great live anymore because they weren't great back then and that was probably uh, 12 years ago. They also have a very interesting clientele when you go to their concerts it's fun but they don't know what size they wear or at least they forget what size they wear when they're at a motley crew concert would i fit into this small t-shirt no ma'am you would not <laughs> the other i'll throw out another one and if anyone has paid attention to pop culture recently this is a natural transition to the beef that has gone 
online and social media wise, Pearl Jam would be fun. Sure. And I'm going to throw out another one. And you used to be a huge fan of this band. I don't know if you still are or not. Okay. I think he would be awesome for the Super Bowl. Dave Matthews band. Oh yeah, Dave Matthews band is a, is a is a great live performance. I used to love Dave. I've been to several Dave Matthews band concerts. I know that Dave Matthews is somewhat polarizing. Uh I, I know that uh when when someone says I'm a big Dave Matthews band fan, you have an immediate image of who they are and you're probably not wrong in your stereotyping of them, but that's a really good uh that's a good one. Uh, I, I think that'll be good. Here's an, here's another one. You mentioned Pearl Jam. I'll throw another one out there for you. It's sort of a '90s grunge uh, connection. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Dave Grohl is is incredible. You could have the Foo Fighters perform. They could do some Nirvana songs for fun if they wanted to. I don't know if anybody's ever said that sentence before, but uh, that would be a, a really good one. You know who else would be good? And maybe I'm wrong. Has he performed at the halftime? Post Malone. Post Malone would be a good show at the halftime show. What about Garth Brooks? Oh, now see, why don't they do something like that? Garth Brooks is an incredible performer. That's back when country, when I could listen to country. The Garth How Brooks about, era. I'll, I'll go. I'll go before Garth Brooks. How about George Strait? Yeah, that doesn't reach enough people. I think Garth Brooks is pop enough that it reaches enough people. I, I think that what they're doing with this LA connection this year is really interesting. I like how they're doing that, but I I think you still got to be a little more poppy than that. Which makes the Foo Fighters really good and makes a Garth Brooks one really good. There's there's some things you could do there. Now, Garth Brooks, if I'm not mistaken, sang the uh the the Star Spangled Banner, sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl one year. I could be wrong. I think you're that. right. And I, I the problem that I have is Metallica will never do it because they are way too heavy. I, which is a weird thing to say because are they are they really way too heavy? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Well I hope happens. I'm wrong. I I mean, I would love to see Metallica do the halftime show. They have so many, their, their song catalog and I get it. This is going to go down a, another, another rabbit hole of where Metallica went to garbage after master of pop or after and justice for all. And when they came out with the black album, they weren't Metallica anymore because they did nothing else matters. So they did ballads and Metallica isn't ballads, but I love Metallica. Metallica is is my favorite band ever and will always be. And I would love to see them play the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be great. All right, let's get to the breaking news here. Um, it's not super breaking news, but um, we did have some news that came out in regards to the ownership search for the Denver Broncos. Uh, we've seen a few things that have sort of trickled out about what the what the ownership search will look like. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, and let everybody know what that news is. So Bloomberg reported that media tycoon Byron Allen is preparing a bid for the Denver Broncos of move that if successful would make him the first black majority owner of a national football league team. Byron Allen told Bloomberg that uh, Roger Goodell and Robert Kraft told him in 2019 to take a look into buying a team and he's ready to do it now. So this is, this is the first bid that we are, aware of and there was another one from the LA Times but I'm not sure if that is an actual it is a legitimate bid or if it's more conjecture and rumor so we won't talk about that one yet but this is the first known bid to be coming on the Denver Broncos and there will be more 
I mean, for all the trouble that the Broncos have had the last six years, this is one of the starship franchises in the National Football League. It has a sellout streak that dates back to the early 70s. It has three the, Super Bowl championships, three Super Bowl, yeah. multiple Super Bowl appearances. You've got the only MVPs, team with more Super Bowl appearances in the history of the NFL than the Denver Broncos is the New England Patriots. So this is a team that 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 billionaires are going to want to buy. So this is only the start of what will be coming with these bids. I guess uh, all we have to do now is uh, look forward to the Super Bowl and see what happens moving forward. And I guess we're, are we saying go Rams? We're saying go Super Bowl halftime show. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.